From the boardroom to the locker room, sport captures the imagination like little else. In this podcast, we talk to the men and women who make the big decisions and those who make the big plays to find out where sport is and, importantly, where it's going. But we do so through the only eyes that matter, those of the fan. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Are You Not Entertained? This week, it's everybody's favourite goal, own goal. And joining me, the human own goal himself, <laughs> Roger Mitchell. Hi, Grant. How are you? How are you? Where are you? Mate, I'm extremely... Where are you? I, I am I, I'm back in Keel Island, South Carolina. All right. Um, which is uh, just about, Roger, my favourite place on earth. So I'm a, I'm a happy man. Uh, I, I know you got up early, but I too got up early. They've got this bloody... Powerboat event on the lake. They do it every year, and it's this weekend. And they're just like, oh. I mean, it's the big ones, you know, the ones, you know, like I'm just I was walking past it. Yeah, I was walking past it yesterday, you know, past the stadium and everything like that. And I'm just thinking, fuel prices, nah, these fuckers don't get. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah, they're not, they're, not, they're not taking their power boats to two different <laughs> stations to work out which one's a penny no, cheaper. No, 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 no. But talking about Kiowa Island, um, you're going to get some golfing, I hope, because um, when we played, I, I, I thought you were a little bit off, Grant. I mean, I was expecting a bit more. Right, I, 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 listen, if, if going through your life expecting a bit more from me is what everybody else does, so I don't see why you should be any different. Yeah, no, my golf is in... Uh, I won't say exactly tatters, Rog, but it's 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 not it's not as good as it can be. I think off scratch, no strokes. I think I can take you, Grant. I think I think that's very very possible. Now, okay, now now okay okay now now that's a gauntlet coming. Yeah, down. For, that's for a gauntlet sure. coming down, Rog. If, sure. if you and I are playing for for a pound, things change dramatically. <laughs> We're on, we're, we're, on the, we're on the first tee at Como and um, if you remember you put it a little bit to the left off the first tee and James and I were the other way and he says to me he says let's hope he hits this one well because if he gets two bad ones in a row he really loses <laughs> questioning I, your golf temperament on the first two minutes I, I, think, I think that's a little harsh well that's what, Greek, said, to say. that's what he said that's what he said I've never I've I've never thrown a golf club in my life, Rog. Never thrown a golf club in my life. Um, but listen, mate, there is there is as always an awful lot of stuff to oh, talk man, about. Oh man, yeah. Um, man. And, and and as is my want, I'm going to let you go first, ever the gentleman, despite you dissing my golf prowess. Well, uh, yeah, there is a lot to start with. I, I thought I would we would start with a little um, brief uh, uh, appetizer just to get the juices going, as it were. Did you see Roy Keane at the stadium? In the Packers game? No. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> right, I'll let you fill in the blanks, you know, like what happens next, like question of sport. <laughs> God, God, He's in the stand, right? It's the Packers Giants. Um, and this, this is called, he was called a cheesehead fan. He comes up to him for a selfie, you know? <laughs> what happens <Yeah>. next? <laughs> Now wait, did the guy have one of the cheesehead hats on? No, no, not that oh, I saw. Okay. Well, that's, that's something at least. That's something at least. Have you seen those hats? Yes, they're not yeah. good. Okay, yeah, they, yeah. He wouldn't like them. Yeah. If 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 that had been the case, I, my guess as to what happened next would have been punches were thrown. <laughs> but uh, but I can imagine that because he wasn't wearing the hat, it was more of a verbal. Yeah. Well, get out of my face. Yeah, well, actually, you're blocking my view. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's on camera, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Roy. I've always been a big fan. I, I get up at the six in the morning to follow your games when you were. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Roger. Actually, this 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 actually brings me perfectly into what I want to talk about good, this week. Good, because um, nobody, nobody could ever call Roy Keane anything but authentic, right? Yeah, and that is, um, and that is, and has always been 
the watchword of this podcast from the very first day, right? It was all about authenticity and sport. And we've gone backwards and forwards over the years. And there's a, there's a few things this week that, that, that really spoke to me on that level about this authenticity. I think. And the first thing I want to talk about is um, something we chatted briefly about in the Barstool Sports Golf video game tie-up. Yeah. And for anyone not uh, familiar with this, 2K Sports who announced their, their latest um, golf game for PlayStations and Xboxes. Other formats are available. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and this time they are going to include what they call crossovers, Rog, with popular personalities and brands and influencers. So that you're going to be able to play as someone called Dude Perfect, who I have absolutely no oh, idea man, who that's Dude a Perfect big, is. That's a and, big, big... And, <laughs> and Rog, and I'll have even less interest than I do knowledge. Um, you're also going to be able to play as the barstool. You have to say Dude yeah. Perfect makes oh, yeah, the yeah, show great perfect. Tommy. <laughs> it, great Tommy, Rog. Uh, barstool sorts. And, and uh, someone who... Either calls himself a hundred thieves, or or they're either going to maybe they're going to have a hundred thieves. I don't know, um, but you're going to be able to play as these characters. Now, here's the, where it gets interesting, Roch. Here's where it gets interesting for a couple of reasons. Firstly, I know that you're, I know exactly what you're thinking. I'm thinking about this, right? But I'm going to surprise you because for me, I'm like that's fine. If you want to play as Dude Perfect, whoever he is, <laughs> Riggs. I, I, I get that. I, I get that, right? I, I get it, and I and I think that's a good idea. I've, I've, this is going to surprise you. I think it's a good idea, right? Because let's face it, half of the people who play these video games play as themselves. They create an avatar that looks like them, right, on the PGA Tour or wherever they're playing against the, the, the tour players, and you want to be in the mix and you want it to look like yourself. So I totally get why you might want to look like whoever Dude Perfect is, right? I get that. Um What's been interesting to me, Rog, is at the same time EA Sports have announced their new golf game for the next, for 2023. And EA Sports used to have, used to be the, the kind of the, the, the big kahuna in that pool. It wasn't 2K23. Yeah, that yeah, wasn't yeah. The, the, the big game. It was always EA Sports, PGA Tour. And then they had Tiger Woods, uh, who, was, who they paid an awful lot of money to, to be on the, the face of their game. Uh, you know, after Tiger stopped playing, and I, I, I presume after his um, indiscretions, let's call them, uh, they switched to Rory McIlroy and the game play wasn't as good and it was a bit of a disappointment. So they're coming back this year, now the EA Sports. And what's fascinating to me is their game to be released in spring 2023 features the Masters. So for the first time, Augusta National Golf Club is going to be in a, a video game. And on, P, on EA Sports PGA Tour Golf, which they're not putting any golfer on the front, I believe. I think it's going to be about the Masters. It's going to be about the fact they've got Augusta National. You can play in the Masters. You can play in the PGA Championship. You can play in the Open Championship. You can play in the US Open. You can play in the Players' Championship, right? Yep. So this to me is the perfect head-to-head -head here, right? Do you want to, as a player, who can you can play as yourself, you can play as Dude Perfect. You can play as Rory McIlroy. You, you can be who you want now, Raj. You can be who you want. What do you want to do? Do you want to have the game that allows you to play in the Masters and the PGA Championship and the British Open and the US Open? Oh, you're going to extrapolate and this and like make it no, 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 the no, judgment no, of like... No, I, I'm, no, no, but I, I, no, I'm, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be very, very yes, interesting to see which of these games sells, Rog. Because I would argue that even young kids who have got the opportunity to play as, I call him perfect because we're buddies. Um, <laughs> if you've got the choice to play as perfect or you've got a choice to play in the Masters, even as a young fan, what are you going to do, Rog? What are you going to do? Um, I think your plan is doing perfect. <laughs> I really do. I really do. But, ser <laughs> but, but seriously, listen, you really... But, but you play as do perfect what? Play in some random course... Uh, or do you want to play the Masters? Well, it's not really about the gameplay anymore. It's what's going on around it. You know, there's apparel drops and everything like that. They'll be throwing emotes in, everything. You know, um, I take your point. It is a great point because, seriously, if you look at EA Sport, you mentioned them doubling down on what you would call tradition there and, you know, uh, yep. solid IP. 
um, from the big rights holders. If you look at EA in football, they've just uh, finished their deal with FIFA. And Mm -hmm. uh, how are they reacting to that, losing the big IP there? They're doubling down on motion capture. Somebody you know very well at Move, you know, um, I think this is in the public domain. If it isn't, um, I (laughs) apologise. But uh, EA Sport use Move um, to get even more realistic motion capture. You know, you know, so um, this whole area of video games, which, you know, I, I must admit, it's never been my strong point. I've never been a great, uh, uh, um, you know, expert on esports and everything like that. But it is, I think, moving into a world of this, you know, are, are we completely with it, with the IP owner or are we really going to try and move the game functionality with, you know, even better motion capture and all these kind of things like uh, apparel drops and interactive, uh, you know, vi- virtual props and things like that. So, you know, um, it, it's a great, it's a great goal or own goal, I think, whatever you want to call it, you raise. Um, but I, I would, I would like raise you on that by saying, you know, uh, uh, well, my dear, dear friend, I don't think you've met Andy Marston, but, but you know, he works with me. Yeah. Um, he says, um, you know, what's stopping Barstool uh, now creating their own sports league in the way that Dan Porter at overtime has done with basketball? And the answer, frankly, is nothing. You know, that is the playbook now. Barstool have created a completely different audience seg- segment for golf. Um, you call it the bros, you call it, you know, whatever, you know, you know, 30 to, to 40, whatever it is, you, you know, certainly that bro culture um, been extremely successful, been utterly rejected by the old boys on the golf channel and everything like that. But they're dominating, they're dominating the game now. And frankly, it's not a big step for them to say they've already got their Barstool Classic and everything like that. But, you know, I would keep an eye on that. I, I know this will absolutely you know, uh, chill you to the bone, but the next, the fifth major could be the Barstool Classic. All right. Taxi for Mitchell. <laughs> Taxi for Mitchell. I think your cab's arrived, watch. The fifth major will be the Barstool Classic. All right. You, you've gone too far now, my friend. I'm oh, sorry. You've gone too far. That is utterly ridiculous. And even though, even though I am used to thinking you've lost your mind and then being proven to be the idiot in the room, months later this one i will make a stand on there is <laughs> there is more chance of me winning the masters than there is of the barstool classic becoming the fifth major <laughs> well let, let, let me let me whilst i've got you a little bit rocky there throwing a couple of combinations at you <laughs> have you seen have you seen the latest um announcement from ac milan um coincidentally now owned by our friends uh, at redbird uh, jerry jerry cardinale yes. um He's just in the door and they've now announced the, the link up with Black Adam, you know, the film with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. You saw that? I, I, I had this I had this pigeonholed under my authenticity <laughs> bucket, right? So I'm glad you brought it up. Carry on. <laughs> right. So there, there's a big announcement. I, I, I'm not going to read it all out because, you know, I'm feeling it's a Sunday morning. I don't want to look. When the two teams feet face each other at 1800 hours on Saturday, the 8th of October, um, Dwayne Johnston, the star of the film Black Adam, will send a special video message to all the fans present at San Siro. Johnston will also invite the crowd not to miss the spectacular laser and light show that will thrill all the spectators at halftime with sensational lighting and images set to be on display and involve the entire stadium. And it goes on and on and on and on about how you're going to get access to drops through the coming weeks. Yep. This is AC Milan. (laughs) Yes, exactly right. Now, I saw this. I saw this. And did you see, did you see the message from Dwayne The Rock Johnson? I I didn't, Grant. There's been so much. I just just picked this and then moved on to the next one. Right. Well, so so here's the thing, Rog. And I had this in capital letters under my authenticity bucket for this week. You've you've never seen anything more... (laughs) Insincere is harsh, but if Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he probably thinks AC Milan is a, is a fancy type of wall socket. Honestly, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was absolutely, yeah, it's, it's, you, could, you could see him reading the script, you know, hey, my friends at AC Milan. You know, and at the end of the thing, you know, don't miss my new movie, blah, blah, blah. And, at the end, and, and, and one more thing. 
Forza Milan. Like, no, 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 no. Stop it. Just stop it. And then, and then so basically what this was, Roach, at halftime, <laughs> you they have a whole lot of lasers going off in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. But they have a whole lot of lasers going off in the in the stadium in the stadium. Um whether it thrilled fans and delighted fans as it was supposed to, I don't know. And then on the screen, you have the 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 um trailer for Black Adam. And, it, you know, they spliced into it a couple of tackles and shots from AC Milan. I mean, it, it, it's so inauthentic, Rog, as to be barely believable for, from my point of view. It, it, it just reeks of nothing that anyone would want to be involved in. <laughs> anyone our age. In any way, shape or form. Anyone average. But, but it, maybe, Rog, maybe, but, and this is the age-old argument on yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, But, but... It, it it it's it's a movie, right? It's a it's another superhero movie, right? And I don't care who you are, people are getting fed up with superhero movies because that's basically the only kind of movies that get made anymore. Um, it's another random superhero movie. It's not even Spider Man or Captain America. It's Black Adam, who whoever he is, right? I I, I I'm hoping they make a Scottish superhero movie <laughs> called Tar Mac Adam. That would be that would be I suspect a lot more interesting. Um, but it just, Roger, it just, it, it's just nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And these these tie-ups for the sake of tie-ups, for someone who's making a movie saying, why don't we tie up with AC Milan and we'll we'll go to the football crowd? It's just cookie cutter. Well, right, okay. insert 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 media property and low grade fireworks display here, and away we go. Yeah, yeah. Listen, like you know, I know, I know, I know. This is the funny bit about it, the the juxtaposition and all of that. It's funny, right? But it, the serious part. Let's let's go into the serious part of this. You know, let's take you know a guy I know quite well, Ricardo Fort. Um, used to uh, be a major sponsor of the, the the big events like the World Cup with Visa and Coca Cola. I know him well because he works with me in Horizon. Um, and I spent a bit of time with him in Spain uh, last week or the week before. Can't remember. It's been a busy time. But he, um, so he, he's a, a, an ex-sponsor of the traditional big events, in this case, the World Cup. And he was commenting on the, um, the guerrilla marketing ad of Pepsi, Pepsi Cola. Um, obviously uh, intended to, to have a go at Coca-Cola. It's always been that way, ambush marketing. Um, regardless of whether you think ambush marketing is right or wrong, it's always happened, but some people still think it's immoral. Um, if you look at the Pepsi ad, it hits all the buttons that you're talking about here that you don't like. You know, it's um, it's meme culture. It's all about nutmegs. There's the, the, you know, a lot of flashing lights. You know, the film Don't Look Up and, you know, that, that kind of scene. Where, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. So whether we like it or not, Everybody knows that this is modern popular culture now, Grant. You know, and frankly, the Pepsi ad uh, and what it's trying to do, the content is much better. It's also getting all it needs to get from being around the World Cup without being associated with Infantino Qatar and Qatar ministers praising um, the, the Russian FA, which is all an incredibly bad look. Um I, I, I just I just think, you know, that's that's how I would, you know, come back to you on the it, it doesn't look authentic. Authentic is what authentic does. And you know, that Pepsi ad for me was very authentic to the modern uh, consumer. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, I take your point. I take your point. But I just I just think um for me when I saw that that rock tie up with AC Milan, that when I saw it I couldn't help but think this is this is how you kill this golden goose of yours by by going too far and shoehorning stuff in that just doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit in any way, shape, or form. That that Pepsi ad, I could see how that fits with soccer, right? With having with football, with having Messi in it, with 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 connection with real people. I I, I get that, but the AC Milan. Dwayne Johnson thing is something that you look at it and you go, right, this is just uh, a Hollywood movie PR department saying, where do we get a group of people? And someone going, oh, what about football fans? Uh, great, yeah, let's just shove something on. How do we do this? Well, we, we put fireworks in and we we put the trailer up on the stadium and it just, it just, there's nothing 
organic about it, Roch. There's nothing organic well, about it. Well, that. That, that's the problem. Grant, you know, um, uh, again, seriously, I was this week at um, the, the company, they're called PHV, uh, that they own the brands Calvin Klein, the old uh, Tommy Hilfiger and others and things like that. And staying on AC Milan, one of the things that came up was that AC Milan have, are now, and this will happen to a lot of football clubs, they are now being seen as the vehicle for major fashion launches, um, exclusive ones, uh, because people... Well, but that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. There's a, there's an organicness about a Milan and fashion. That I, that, that I see. I can see that. Mm. I think that's my point. This, this, the Rock Johnson thing was literally, well, we've got a stadium full of people. But not grand. The match is going to be on TV. You, 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 we want to do a halftime show like the Super Bowl. So let's make lasers at halftime. No, but, it's, it's a shitty superhero movie, Rod. No, but you, uh, do you not think like this, Grand? Do you not think, let's take the average 12-year-old uh, girl and boy, because you know, we're now starting to realise that we've left half of the, the, the audience behind in, in, in men's football for a long time. The average 12-year-old, you say, how do they spend their time? Um, well, they spend a lot of time watching people like uh, The Rock, uh, they're on blockchain games, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then football is saying, um, I want to hook onto that train. Now, you're assuming that it's Dwayne Johnson that's using Milan for his means. I would suggest it's no, Milan no, using I'm not, I'm Dwayne not, Johnson. No, it, it, no I, I'm, I'm sure it's a, it's a marriage of convenience for both. I just, I just think when you say to me Milan's going to be the the place to launch major fashion launches, I go, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Get that. But we're going to make a load of fuss about a cookie cutter um, superhero movie with a guy who clearly doesn't either know or care about you know, AC Milan. You know how many followers yeah, just, Dwayne Johnson has, Grant. Of course I do. Well, I mean, like, well, it's not, pretty no, effective I mean, marketing. To the nearest million. It's pretty effective. Yeah, maybe, Rog. Maybe, Rog. It's maybe just, Rog, just the like marketing. Said, We're marketing the, and entertain. I know this is the core of it. We are marketing an entertainment product. You don't see AC Milan or Chelsea or Arsenal as an entertainment product that's competing with Fortnite and Roblox. And I, I kind of do, you know, so... I think them hooking on to one of the major audiences that this gentleman, The Rock, owns uh, is very smart. And like, you know, George Pride, one of our le le listeners um, who did that in uh, AC Milan, English lad, doing great stuff out here in, in Italy. Um, good luck to him. Good luck to him. He's doing a lot of really interesting stuff. It, it doesn't sound right to you, Grant, but it looks smart to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, look, Roger. Listen, uh, th this is this is um, uh, spending an hour talking to you every week and having it explained to me in great detail how I'm wrong is the next best thing to being married. It's just it's wonderful. <laughs> and so, so I, 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 I always I always enjoy I always enjoy being explained why I'm wrong. And and you know I, I I'm by now extremely used to coming back on my table to my legs and going, yeah, all right, fair enough. You had a point there, but this time. Uh, yeah, I, I understand a lot of things when you talk about these tyres. This one, to me, in particular, just felt okay. so okay. inauthentic. Okay. Okay. And that's that's my only point. It just it just felt awful, and, and particularly on the back of that Pepsi, which I thought was excellent. Yeah, okay. Well, we may come back to some of the other big uh, things that are happening in sport that would suggest that, you know, our podcast has been pretty decent at um, thinking about things before they happen. Uh, we'll maybe come back to that later. There's a lot of stuff to get through. I, I want to come back again with a little um, between courses, little sorbetto to like freshen up the mouth again. Um, did you see uh, Alessandro Nesta talking about Ronaldo? The, 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 the real Ronaldo. Uh, <laughs> the real Ronaldo. Oh, no, that's what he's called. Eh? Phenomenal. No, it's not. Um, Fat Ron. Fat no, Ron, no, I'm not mean. having that, man. I'm not having that. <laughs> So like, um, <laughs> so the 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 the, the, the context that the reason I picked this out is because I, I saw somewhere I believe this is true that in Westminster people have put together a petition uh, to have Haaland removed from the Premiership because he's clearly a robot. Yes, I saw this too. Yeah, I saw this too. Right. So uh, you know we'll come back to Haaland in a minute maybe, but so this is a thing, right? So Nesta. Uh, one of the greatest um, defenders of his generation, and there was a lot of competition, um, was asked about Haaland. And, you know, uh, he says, um, 
you know, Haaland's a great player, but let me tell you, I played against Messi. I played against, and he listed them all. And he said, um, the real Ronaldo is significantly different to all of them, uh, which obviously I think surprised the interviewer, right? You know, because the, the easy line is Haaland's, you know, going to break every record in the book. Uh, so he didn't give him the answer he wanted to. And he said, well, so you think you could have stopped Haaland uh, if you were in his generation? And he kind of like twinkles in his eye. He said, I could play. And then he goes into this beautiful little, he says like, you know, the problem with Haaland is if you let him start, he's quick and strong. You will not catch him. So you need, and then he technically says, you need to stay close. Your body shape needs to be like this. And of course, and, and with that little Italian accent, he says, maybe I block him. <laughs> and I was thinking, Sandro, just drop the maybe. You know exactly what you would have done. Right. And and you would have been sent off and he would have scored his three have, goals. No, he wouldn't have been sent off. These guys were masters of that kind of stuff. You, Rog, today there are so many cameras I get that. and VAR. I get, I get that. There is I no chance. I, I get that it's slightly different, but what I'm saying is the little arts of the, the jersey tug, blind side of the referee, uh, okay, the, the camera will pick you up later, but you won't be called a foul. So, I, I mean, I, I think my theme in all of this is, the, you know, the famous picture of, you know, Ronaldo being tackled at the same time by Carnavaro and Maldini um, is, is what Ronaldo calls the greatest photo that was ever taken of him. And I just lament a little bit some of the defending I see around here just now. You know, um, even at Champions League level, it's these guys aren't defenders anymore. They, you know, they bring the ball out, left to right, right to left, keep the ball, make a pass. They can't defend anymore, Grant. That's I don't know what your view is. You see a lot of football, but there's just a lot of 7-0s and 6-1 games around. And I just think it's because they don't know how to defend. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with that in some forms. But I also, Rog, I think it's tough to defend. You know, you've just talked about three of the greatest defenders in history there who today... I think with all with the with the, the the reduced amount of contact allowed with all the cameras, they they wouldn't be able to do what they did back in the eighties. They just wouldn't be able to do it in the nineties. It, it, it just it just it's a different game now. It's <clears throat> it's geared towards letting attackers play, having more goals scored. So if you're a defender, the, the scales are tipped against you from the very very start. And I, you know I don't think <clears throat> it's possible to be a Nesta or a Maldini anymore. It just isn't. Um, so, look, I mean, you, you, I, I agree with you. As a football purist, I agree with you. It's great to watch world-class defenders ply their trade. But, you know, this is this is the, the, the deal with the devil that you do when you want to embrace meme culture and goals. Oh, and come you, you on. You change oh, the game. No, 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 you change the game. It's just the quality of not the game has been No, no, the, no, no, no. The game has been changed in favour of the attackers, right? Every rule change that's been made gives the edge to the attackers, every single one. Look at all the offside, the tweaks to offside. They've all been made to encourage goal scoring. And if you're a defender, you've got the, you've got the people who make the rules of the game actively working against you to, to, to make it well, harder for you to do what you do. That, that's a great segue, rules of the game. Um, well, hang on, but just before, before, you do, before you finish, I just want to add a bit to this Haaland petition because, you know, there's multiple petitions. And the one I saw, I only saw one. which I think came from, came from a Man United fan, I, I wrote it down because I just think it's brilliant. This is, this is the petition, right? Erling Haaland is a serious problem. <laughs> he shows up out of the blue. Wait for it. He shows up out of the blue and consistently ruins the weekends of the hardworking people of this great nation. <laughs> this, this issue must be dealt with in order to protect the mental health of millions in our society. To put it shortly, if things don't change, it will only get worse. This guy is nine league goals away from equaling last season's golden boot winner. Now is the time to take action. It was all fun and games at the start, but it's now become a matter of national security and he is inflicting severe mental health issues on us, even if you don't know it yet. Now, I, A, I love that. I just think that's classic English humour. When you look at the numbers, though, he talks about his, you know, his nine goals he making last season. They're astonishing, right, Rog? I mean, say he's, but not he's just this eight season. goals, actually. Not just this season. He's done it everywhere. No, no, I know. With, but with Dortmund and stuff, uh, there's always that question mark that he's done it in the Bundesliga, not the Premier League, right? 
Yeah, because um, oh, that's that, come on, Grant. Don't he, play that got, little England. We're a great league thing. It, no, 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 no. That's no, why no, so no, many no. people didn't have him in his fantasy team. Oh, there's a doubt. Can he do it in the Premiership? This guy. I mean, it's so arrogant that thinking, Grant. Don't don't go down no, that no, line. No, Rog, you you know you're missing my point. You're missing my point. My point is, if if you played number nine for this Man City team, I reckon you'd get twenty a season. Right, they are they are that good. The, the oh, number of chances that's created. That's the Alan Shearer line. If Kane was playing, no, Rog, let me finish. <laughs> Jesus, you're an annoying Scotsman at times. <laughs> however, however, Harland is absolutely different level. I've watched him play. He is absolutely on another plane. This guy, and your your comparison with Ronaldo is an interesting one. I didn't watch Ronaldo as closely as you did, obviously, because he played in his DC. Yeah. You got to see him up close. But uh, for me, Haaland, I'm not going to say he's the best striker I've ever seen, but he's the most devastating striker yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I've ever seen play. Um, and he happens to be the focal point of an unbelievable football team who create chances for fun. And he's going to score 40 goals this season. Easy, Rog. I mean, he's, he's got 29 games left to score eight goals to, to tie last year's title. He'll probably get that in three games. He scored hat-tricks. He scored three hat-tricks in nine Premier League games. He would have got four if he had taken them off at half-time. He would have got yeah, four. he would have got four. But do you, do you know, it took him nine games to get three hat-tricks in the Premier League. Yeah. Do you know who the second place player is on that uh, list? Sheeter. No, Michael Owen, right? It took him 48 yeah. games to get his yeah. three hat-tricks. No, but the numbers are the same everywhere he's been. And, and England and English fans, because they're insular, didn't see it coming. Oh, we have to assess when he arrives here. They always do this. They always do this. And now it's changed to uh, Shearer, who, of course, is totally conflicted because when Haaland <laughs> breaks every record that Shearer has ever set, his line is, well, it's because of Man City. So what does he say? Oh, well, if Harry Kane was in the City team, he'd be scoring. No, he's, no he wouldn't. No, he would Haaland is a different... Well, let me, let me ask this, Rog. How, how, many, how, many, how many would Haaland be scoring if he was playing for Man United? Uh, listen, they, 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 they create a fair amount of chances. You know, they are problems at the other end of the pitch. Uh, so, but I take your point. I take your point. I take your point. Listen, he, he has proven it consistently. Um, Champions League and in all the, the, the domestic leagues he's played in. Um, coming back to Ronaldo, what he doesn't have that Ronaldo had was he could just dribble past you, change direction. I haven't seen right. that in Haaland. Yeah, that's you true. Know? Um, but he is 6'5". Um, <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, listen, I, I love him. You know, like, that's why I say that I just saw a lot of really great fantasy players coming into this year and just not having them in game one. And I thought, what are you thinking? You know, like this is the easiest pick. Haaland, captain, pick and forget that you will ever have in fantasy. Right, right. And, and now everybody's on him. It's no longer a differentiator. Your guy did some some did some did work for us yesterday. Mitrovic. Mitrovic. He, he, yeah, he got his he out well. some points. He played well yesterday. Yeah. He played well yesterday. But that was, so let's come back to rules because while we're on Man City, if you remember this week, there was, you know, their game in the Champions League, it was completely dominated by VAR. Yeah. You know, uh, um, and then at the end, somebody asked Pep, you know, can you explain what's going on with the handball rule? And he said, no, I can't. This is one of the most attentive coaches in the world, openly admitting that the rules are so complex and so muddled that he doesn't know what's going on. And I wanted to link that to what I think is the bigger story, but it's the same theme, um, which is Formula One. You know, people are... people. Are, are getting really fed up. Now, I think Formula One need to be careful because, you know, you could take quotes from anybody. I just took one from Briatore. Um, FIA, inadequate people. Every race is a problem. Uh, it needs competent pros. At the moment, there's no quality. There's uncertainty, decisions. Uh, and, and that was, that, that I was going to put this in, you know, the safety car, you know, and Lafitte, Latifi and everything like that. But the, then you get the budget cap thrown in on top of that and Red Bull having, you know, gone over the budget cap, which in theory, in theory, could lose them um, because the potential penalties are big. Yeah. So, you know, I was speaking to some people, speak to my son as well. He follows F1 a lot. And he said, look, I think he read the rules. He said, look, I think, I think Horner looked at the rules 
said, uh, it's all maybes and, and, and possibilities yep, and totally potential. And he said, look, Let's they've not the got dice. the balls to call me out. They've not got the balls to call me out, even if they catch me. And, you know, that's where the FIA have got them. And Briatore's right. And it's the same theme everywhere. UEFA with VAR and everything like that. There's just the game, like a lot of business with the introduction of data and AI, machine learning and everything like that. It's gone beyond the skill set of the people that are currently running sport. Well, well, with all Rog, the will in the world. Well, has it, Roger, or have we just become too afraid to impose big penalties upon and actually enforce the rules? Both. You know, uh, the, the, the first one is an interesting one, Grant, which is what I call no separation of powers. If you call uh, sport politics, which it clearly is, it clearly is, you can see it everywhere, um, political constitution should have a separation of power between the executive, the legislative and um, the, the judiciary. Uh, you take UEFA, FIFA, they're all the same person. There's no separation of powers. So the people that are marketing at FIFA, the same people that are meant to oppose fines for um, FFP and things like that. So no separation of powers is one of my hobby horses. Uh, but even if you did have it, I think just like in business where, you know, you're being asked to deal with a faster pace, a more difficult set of data and MI and management information coming at you. There's a lot of people that just aren't skilled for that. Um, it's the same in sport. I think even if they did have good constitution separation of powers, I, I don't think they are up to deal with the modern pace of what's getting thrown at them. It needs a new generation of people. Um, I, that's my view, man. That's, that's that's what I think. Yeah, but like I said, I, I, I agree with you, but I, I think simple enforcement of the rules would actually make a huge difference. And it doesn't happen, look, it doesn't happen in my world, in finance, Roger, right? It doesn't happen, we've just, we've just had a um, an example this week where... Uh, Bostic, the, the chairman of the Atlantic Atlanta Fed, has admitted to 150 infractions, basically, of, of the of the of yeah. his trading policy, right? And he clears, oh, I yeah. didn't realise what my responsibilities were. Okay, fine. Now, if he if he was a low level J.P. Morgan executive who'd done that, he'd be fired instantly, instantly gone. Yep. It's it's not. There's no question about it. You've done that. You're out. Thank you. Yep. Career over. But here we've got a guy who's, you know, one of the top banking uh, officials in the country, blatantly breaking the rules. Whether he meant to or not, that wouldn't matter to the JP Morgan guy. He wouldn't be able to say, oh, sorry, I didn't realise what my obligations were. Okay, fine, don't worry about it, don't do it again. Um, you know, this is, this, is, this is a problem, Rod. This, this idea that rules right, are there no, to be right. implemented doesn't it transcends sport and goes into areas that are way more important than that unfortunately that's that's a societal I thing think, i think that the, i think that as a societal thing you're right it is Grant. it absolutely you're right. is you know it's it's yeah. it's a shame but it, it it it's the way these things go unfortunately and, and and you know one one of the problems with that moving slightly more into your world is that what I believe is needed, you know, I'm a big believer in David Hume and Adam Smith and, and mm -hmm. pure power of the markets, the invisible hand and everything like that. Uh, that argument is no longer powerful because people say capitalism doesn't work because look what happens with the insider trading yep. and the cronies. Uh, and that's, for me, that's one of the big, big tragedies. Um, and and you, you look at it everywhere, you know, when we see that the world turning now and going to get... It's going to be a lot of consequences as this winter comes. A lot of really bad consequences. And um, rather than the solution being let's return to the purity of the markets to find the price uh, and, and the cost of capital and risk, you're going to be saying, oh, it's the bankers that did this and everything like that, which, as you say, is probably true when you see guys there or Elon Musk getting away with it or no banker going to jail after 2008. Yeah. You can't really blame people and say, "Well, don't don't play me the capitalist card because you guys blew it," and, and yeah. that's tragic no, for I, me. I don't disagree, Roger. I don't disagree at all. Unfortunately, it's it's a shame. Uh, look, it, it just it's just occurred to me. Changing the subject back to Erling Haaland and these petitions. <laughs> if he if he'd somehow gone to play for a Swiss club, we'd have real problems on our hands because the Swiss constitution 
if you get a certain amount of signatures on any petition... <laughs> referendum. There has to be a referendum on it. So just imagine if you went to play for Young Boys Burn or Grasshoppers or someone, and they got one of these things that he's a robot and should be kicked out of the country. You guarantee you get enough signatures on it. It would have to be a, a national referendum on whether Harlan's a robot should be kicked out of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, talk, talking about politics and, and near my part of the world... Um, like you, I've been quite on my travels the last couple of weeks, so I've missed a lot of the political stuff. Um, obviously, in the UK, you've had what's happened, and I'm not going to comment on that. It's just beyond the... Uh, I, I, I struggle. You know what? Like, I will comment on it a little bit. <laughs> this girl, this girl, what's her, this woman, Liv, Liz, Liz Trust, uh, whatever her name is. Mistrust. Um, mistrust, Liz. Liz the, the Prime Minister, right? You know, she does she have children? Does she have children? Because, like, a child should go, if they're of a certain age, to the, to the mother and say, look, you've got to stop this. You know, we've got to live our life after you do this. This is bad news for us. Or, or friends. She's not got a friend that goes to her and say, Liz, you're not cut out for this. Let me do you a favour. You go and do something else. Do something worthy. It'll be great. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm being a good friend to you. You need to get out of that role because it's really a bad look. Do you know what I mean? Like, has she not got any friends that can take her aside and yeah, Raj, tell Raj, her the, the home? Listen, I, I think I think you you misunderstand politicians. And I I had I was schooled in this by my great friend Steve Diggle, who who explained to me. And but for a, a, a various turns of fate, might well have been a prime minister of Britain at some point. He was he was on that track. Um. Liz Truss has spent her entire life dreaming of being elected Prime Minister. Period. That's it. So there's no way she's just going to go, oh, you know what? It's a bad look. I don't, maybe it's not for me. I'm out. No. But it's her friends I'm talking about. Somebody that loves her. She's not going to listen. She's not going to listen to them. This is, this is she's not going to listen. her entire life is wrapped up in getting this job. And now she's got it. You don't think she's going to hang on to it tooth and nail? It, because if she says, I, I, oh, it's not I for me, you have invalidated your entire life. I don't either, Roger. I never could. But you invalidate your entire life. It's like, it's like Bernanke and all these central bankers. Same thing. If you if you actually sit down for a second and say, our models don't work, you've just completely laid waste your entire life's work. It's been irrelevant. So what do you do? You, you cling on and you fight harder and you fight until your last okay. breath. You fight to get the job and you fight to keep it. I mean, I, this is why people who should be prime ministers will never be prime minister, Roger, because they, they realise that's not yeah. that job. You know, well, let me what, flick over to Ita Italian politics, which I did miss when I was uh, on my travels, but I've caught up now. And um, listen, um, this is under the heading, if you didn't laugh, you would cry, right? So I don't want MD coming on and saying this is serious stuff and we shouldn't be talking about this. This is under the thing, uh, Roberto Benini, La Vita Bella, life is beautiful. You can joke about certain things, right? So um, I come back to Italy and we've got the two uh, appointees to the two, two chambers of government, the glorious Roman Senate and the second chamber, uh, the, the House of Commons in, in, in English and the two people that have been elected and man um, let me start with Fontana right Fontana is the head of the Roman Senate now the Roman Senate is a pretty important thing uh, Cicero came from there serious serious guys came from the Senate so um, Fontana right uh, here's from Wikipedia, Grant. I'm just reading now. There's, there's no opinion here. I'm just reading. Fontana is widely considered an ultra-conservative. He calls himself a crusader. And there's the first clue, right? Yeah. He, calls him, he calls himself a crusader who fights against abortion, euthanasia, same-sex civil unions, and stepchild adoption. That's quite interesting. Which he considers as a weakening of the family. He is also against pro-LGBT sexual education, stating that this is uh, a non-sequitur, but it's about Wikipedia, um, stating that Vladimir Putin's Russia is the reference for those who believe in a nationalist model for society. Fontana, indeed, is a great admirer of Putin, who, who he describes as a light of the Western world. On uh, In 2018, the day before becoming a minister, because he has a previous career, he added that gay families do not exist, labeling, labeling them as filth. 
He opposes illegal immigration to Italy, claiming it to be a serious threat that aims to erase the Italian people along with their communities and traditions, along with gay marriages and so-called gender theory theory in schools, etc., etc. Now, um, this guy is fucking Spanish Inquisition stuff, Grant. You know, like he's an he's an ultra Catholic, but I mean, it is the Spanish Inquisition, uh, and you think. Oh my God. You know, like some of the things you may think, I, I, I can understand that gender theory in schools, you know, we don't like, but I mean, this guy is way out there. He's at the Senate. And, and the other one uh, um, is um, Ignacio La Russa, uh, the head of the House of Commons, who is a fascist. I mean, I think he has got no problems claiming claiming that he, he is a fascist, but La Russa, I actually met him once. We watched a game together once. Um, uh, we'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, this is La Rosa. Um, famously, um, at one point, is, uh, he kicked and insulted journalist Corrado Formigli, who wanted to ask him questions about Berlusconi's sex scandals. Uh, moreover, La Rosa was being, this is beautiful, was being investigated by Italy's court of audit for embezzlement in relation to the use of state flights to attend the football match between Inter Milan and Shark 04. Now, he is a big Inter fan, to be fair, you know? Um, and, and, you know, when I spent the time with him in the stadium, you know, Minister, how do you see the first half? He was very pleasant. I mean, we got on OK. Um, uh, at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, he suggested on social networks to give up the unhygienic handshake and replace it with the fascist salute. Of course, that's what you would say is the remedy to COVID. <laughs> Um, Jury stated many, many times we are all heirs to the Duce, which is Mussolini, and in his house he collects several statues and memorabilia of Benito and his fascist movement, as well as photos and paintings about Italy's colonial campaigns. So I come back to Italy um, a couple of days ago, pick up this news, and I immediately check if they have invaded Abyssinia. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Is I mean, Grant, what is going on? What, what I mean, how do you read? Because this has got big implications, this. All right, you, I, I'll, 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 t- I'll tell you what I think about this, Rog, because this is very, very interesting that you bring this up. And, and I will preface this by saying I know nothing about Fontana, apart from his time with the Mindbenders. They were a great group back in the 60s. Um, <laughs> and the other one I can't even pronounce. So I know nothing La about... Russa. I know, La Russa, I know, yeah. Oh, okay, La Russa. Not, not Tony La Russa, the ex-Cincinnati Reds manager. In that case, I would have a problem. <laughs> I know Clonaise. But um, here's what I think about this. And I think this is really, really interesting. And, it, and it's, a, it's a much broader debate. You just said to me, uh, I'm offering no opinion on this. This is just Wikipedia. Right, and then you read out yeah. that description of um, uh, Fontana. Yeah. Right? That description of Fontana was his opinion. It's someone's opinion of Fontana. That is not an unbiased, impartial assessment of him and his policy. It just isn't, Rog. And, and I, let's say... Uh, but uh, this, but it's it, pretty it accurate. Be, no, no, no. I, I, I'll get to that in a second. I'll get to that in a second. Um and I know nothing about the guy, and I certainly would never vote for anyone who's a legitimately far-right character, right? It's just not my politics. But what's interesting about this, Rog, is that if you know nothing about Fontana, right, and you want to... Someone says, oh, have you seen this Fontana guy? Right, and you know nothing about him. You go, no, I don't know him. Oh, he's, he's, he's the, the guy who's favourite to win the seat in the Roman Senate. You go, oh... Let me look at this guy. Wikipedia, Fontana. Search, okay, out, I'm out. This guy's a monster, this guy's horrendous. Let me contrast that with something I have seen in Italian politics, which is Maloney, mm. right? The new, is she prime minister? She's the new prime minister, right? She's prime minister. Prime minister, right. Yeah. Now, I read about quote-unquote far-right candidate, Georgia Maloney, Right, I read about her being a father. I actually then went and looked at a couple of her speeches, and I watched her speak, and I saw nothing in there, Rog, that is quote unquote far right. What I saw is a woman who is a proud Italian, a proud Catholic, a proud mother. Uh, you know what? All these Italian values about yeah, the family and all this. Right. 
So this is, this is one of the big dangers we face, right? Because the media has moved farther to the left. And part of that is what you spoke about earlier, rejection of capitalism, right? Capitalism doesn't work. Therefore, in the old, the same old circle that we go around in all the time, let's move, let's try socialism first and then we'll move to communism and then we'll realize they don't work and we'll go back to capitalism. That's just the circle of life, right? That's the way it goes. Yeah. But yeah. the media has moved farther left. And by doing that, they're pulling far right or the definition of far right closer to the center. What would have been center right or slightly right of center has now become far right because the left has moved further left. And so as I watch this, and I say, I make no judgments on any of these people because I don't know anything about them. I don't know anything about them to make judgments. I, I listen to what you say, and that guy sounds like a monster. Sounds like an absolute monster, right? Grant, the, the the, they are. I no, take no, your that, point, no, and, and you're and right. They, and they might but well in be, this and that's what case... I'm saying. Uh, that, no, uh, but in this case, right? But it doesn't matter. It's not about this case. It's about... The, the, the larger shift, this guy's might very well be monsters. But unfortunately, let's say you had a, a right-leaning candidate that was a threat to you as a, as a left candidate, what do you do? You put in something on Wikipedia. I get that. I get that. Of course. I'm sure, I get the propaganda. That, I get the way, that all now. Yeah. Right, of course you do. So, and that's a part of a much bigger problem is, is you, unfortunately, you can't just go, where do I find out legitimately the pros and cons of anybody because it's all pr it's all opinion there's no way to oh, say well, yeah, well, you know what yeah, I mean? you just need to do a little bit of work you know you if you stop at wikipedia you're right but if you do three or four more google searches you find out that wikipedia no, I, is pretty not, correct I, I, to be to be perfectly clear i'm not saying that you're wrong i'm not saying i'm just saying it's a great tragedy for me that normal people who don't actually who rely on things like wikipedia for their information who rely on you know, mainstream media for their for their for their opinions, which is what everything is these days, are being very poorly served right now. Yeah, yeah. But you know, let's let's bring it back to sport a little bit because yeah, I've got one more. So you, 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 what, what have you no, got? no, but on 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 this bit a little bit because a couple of examples of this. Um, you know that in general, uh, I would be more in the traditional line about things rather than the the walk end of the spectrum. But um, I, I think I'm a, a, a common sense, decent person. And, you know, there was this example of you saw Casillas doing that joke about coming out and saying, oh, I'm, I'm gay. I don't know if you saw that. He did this post. Uh, the time has come for me to declare who I am. And then, you know, Puyol, you know, his, his ex-teammate yeah. from the national team, said, you know, kind of joined in the joke and then it created a bit of a kerfuffle. And Casillas deleted the tweet saying he'd been hacked. Poor Puyol was left <laughs> holding a candle. <laughs> but but that aside, you know, like um, the you see these guys coming to Italy now, and you know, yesterday there was this. Don't think it's linked, but you know, there's always these coincidences. There's this really really strong Italian volleyball player, um, daughter of Nigerian parents, but born in Italy, born in Italy. Um, and, you know, she was abused yesterday, you know, but I think she had a bad game or something. You know, you're not even Italian. Um, these, these things really are starting to annoy me. You know, like um, much more than five years ago, uh, I think we need to be careful a little bit, a little bit you know, whether it's the, you know, gay, the gay thing or, or, or this kind of stuff. You know, I've, I think I've realised, Grant, in the last few years, these people have suffered more than we realised. You know, we, we kind of put it down to a wee bit of a joke, certain things. But, um, you know, there was this Australian player that came out publicly and he really took the whole Casillas thing badly. And, you know, then I'm just linking it to what I see as, you know, arrived on my doorstep in Italy here. And, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a great moment. Times are dark, I think, in a lot of ways, mate. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Um the times are very dark, Rog. Uh, you know, sport is supposed to be a beacon of light and all that. Sport is supposed to be how you get away from politics and how you, you know, switch off from the news and you just go somewhere for a couple of hours and you, you're you in the game. And so it's, it's, it's problematic that your outlet becomes another place where you can be confronted with all this stuff. Where do you go to get away from it? You know what you do? You go and watch Black Adam as advertised at the San Siro on the 8th <laughs> or, of October. Or Tony Adams. Or Tony, Tony Adams Strictly. from Strictly. You see that? Fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I thought he was great. He was I mean, brilliant. Was he not, I mean, 
My, my buddy Mike I mean, Downer sent that to me, and as he pointed at the end, the hand up at the end to claim offside was just absolutely superb. <laughs> It was just brilliant. Now, now, Rog, there will be people who will be obviously claiming that that was a fascist salute and Tony Adams is actually the second coming of Il Duce. But I think he was just appealing for an offside decision. I, I, I so admire Tony Adams. Remember that time? I'm not, remember that time that for some reason he was appointed to be coach manager of a Spanish team out of oh, the blue? Right. Yeah, you, that's right. Villa, was you it remember Villarreal that? Villarreal? It was... It, some sociedad or something like that it could have been one of these ones. Oh, so soon, yeah, uh, or, yeah, okay, yeah. Anyway. So yeah, oh, oh, yeah. But remember, this video came out of his first training <laughs> session, and he was teaching them how. You know, like I'm like, what I'm saying is, Tony Adam has had certain things come at him in life that would kill ninety nine point nine percent of guys. You, you, and he just comes back and he goes on strictly, and he's fucking outstanding. He's in great shape. I mean, like. I don't, what can you say about Tory Adams? Like top, top, top bloke. I, I think I wanted to, 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 to not let this pass without mentioning Tony. Great, yeah. great guy. Uh, I agree. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, well, listen, I've got, I've got one more for you. And that is uh, the conclusion of Welcome to Wrexham. Which which I right. watched the last episode. Now, no, you haven't watched this. I'm I gonna haven't find, seen any I'm of them. Find, I know. I'm going to find a way for you to watch this because you know I go back. I'll get to, some of the young kids to to get some, some way to hack the thing. They can go. do it. No, you know that you know that there's these kind of contests now. How quickly can you hack yeah. behind paywalls? Yeah. You yeah. know, I'll get. I'll find a couple of kids and, and I'll get to. Yeah. There you go. No, nothing, tell me. Tell me. Tell no, me about no, it. Nothing. Nothing like uh, advertising to an audience of listeners that you're going to break the law. Right? Well, well done, you. <laughs> Criminal, criminal mastermind Roger Mitchell was sentenced today. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so I, I go back to I go back to the announcement of uh, of Ryan Reynolds and Charlie McElhenney buying um, uh, buying uh, Rob, Rob Rob McElhenney, sorry, buying Wrexham. And you know my bewilderment at what a ridiculous idea it was, and you saying to me, "No, no, you don't get it. This is genius." We're going to see the reality <laughs> show. We're going to see, and uh, it, publicly, I want to just hold my hand and say, "You were absolutely right. I was absolutely wrong, and it was brilliant." The the the, the documentary series had everything right. It had all the human story you'd want. It had these two guys who are great entertainers, very smart businessmen, um, and have a fantastic sense of humour and brought that to the show. The show is is laugh out loud funny, Rog. Is, there, are, there are moments in it which are just... They're very talented. Brilliant. They are very talented. And you, and you watch this and you look at the numbers. There was a thread on Twitter this week, which I, I can't actually find. It was, it, was, it was a thread by one of the 1,700 Pompliano people. Um, yeah. Uh, and, but just going through the numbers of their social media, <laughs> the explosion in their social media, the revenues, et cetera, et cetera. A, not only, only was it a brilliant piece of business, putting two and a half million into that, into that a club. Um, but the way they've gone about this, Rog, the two of them, and the genuine way you can see that they've fallen in love with the game. Ryan Reynolds wasn't a football fan at all. Uh, Rob McElhenney was a big sports fan, huge Philadelphia Eagles fan, but not necessarily a soccer fan. Um, but the way they've fallen in love with the town and the club and the history and the community is just is just wonderful to see, right? And you and you you get these moments in the dressing room after the game where they they lost the um, FA Trophy final at Wembley to Bromley, where, where I come from. I was very torn when that was going on, Rog. Um, and you just see them in the in the in the dressing room with the players talking about how, look, you know, you lost the game, but this was, you've done what we wanted you to do. You've, you've brought something back to this community. You've, yeah. you've, you've brought hope and it's, it's fantastic. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. You've got to watch it because I, I want to hear your thoughts on it. And if you, if you're cynical about this, I'm going to, I may have to bring Giles. Oh, why would I be cynical? It's, it's, it's... <laughs> I mean, Giles. To no, but, but listen, it was, listen, it was we, wonderful, Roger. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But um, we have to end a little bit with, with, with linking that because a lot of people ask me, "Oh, you need to talk about wasps. You need to talk about yes. rugby. You need to talk." Yes, yes, yes. Um, now, you know, I think I said if if two or three years ago somebody had said, you know, Wrexham FC and wasps rugby, uh, one of them won't be around uh, um, by the end of two thousand and twenty-two. Nobody would have said um, wasps. it would have been wasps. Yeah. Um, man, you know, like I, what I want to say here, 
I genuinely believe this is the best way to say it because this is your stuff. I genuinely believe we're in a fourth turning in sport, Grant. And, you know, we are witnessing and we have been witnessing for all the time we've been doing this podcast, the death of traditional commodity mid-level sport right in front of our eyes, you know? And there's a lot of folk that just use various things to um, deny that. They're in denial. One of them is the capitalist line. Oh, if you let big finance do that, they've got no soul. They'll take their return and, and screw you. Uh, the, the, the other one is, you know, the, the, the Black Adam line, which is, oh, it's all non-authentic, you know. Um, the, the other one is, you know, Saudi money, all this, live golf, look what they do, it's horrible. We'll get through this, we'll get through this. I'm telling you, Grant, we are not going to get through this. This is a fourth turning. Um, and, you know, rugby is now in an existential threat that um, golf was six months ago. Uh, tennis is coming next. You, you, you know my view on that. Um, I, and I don't understand what more data points you need. You know, this week, you know, rugby chiefs plan to cut premiership to 10 teams. Um, uh, rugby, rugby league gives sport to, gives strong support to plans to scrap Super League relegation. The English Football League is to consider lifting the Saturday 3pm blackout for the next TV deal, which was always there to protect the small teams. In theory, what more evidence do people need? The demographics, the demographics have changed in our industry. It's been an industry run by boomers for boomers, and we are dying out. Uh, these young kids have got no time for what we consider pure and authentic and real. There's really no time. They, they, they really laugh in our face, and they are the future consumers. So, you know, it's a fourth turning grant and, and we should all face into this. We've still got time to find some kind of saviour for whether it is all the rugby football clubs, the hundred and odd uh, professional football teams that will likely go to the wall in the next five years. We've still got time, but not denying it, not denying it. The first thing to do to solve a problem is to recognise it. And the fact is the kids don't care about what we thought sport was. End of soapbox. Well, look, the other part of this, Rog, it, again, well, we've spoken about this at length numerous times on the, in these conversations and, and with Giles, you know, the, the, the finances don't work in an age of positive interest rates. And it, it's, it's a very wonky and very boring topic for a lot of people. But simply stated, you cannot run these football clubs the way they've been running uh, making losses, unless you have, and, and you know, there's a fantastic question um, that Klopp answered in a press conference this week, um, you know, about Newcastle, which he talked about yeah. Man City, and, and I thought what he said was absolutely on the money and not bitter. He's like, look, I, you're asking me the question, you know what the answer is. You have a few teams, Man City, Newcastle, to name two of them, Paris Saint-Germain, another one, that have unlimited resources, and, and if they want a striker, let's go, right, who's the best striker in the world? We'll pay him whatever we have to pay him to get him and we just put him in the team and then we on we go. And he's absolutely right. And that works if you have no need to deliver a positive return on capital, which when you're f funded by oil money, you don't. It's simple. This is a loss leader for them. It's marketing. They don't, they don't care how many millions they burn making Man City or Paris Saint-Germain or even Newcastle in the case of the Saudis a huge football club and a big, you know, some people call it sports washing, whatever you want to call it, Rog. But your point is absolutely right. These clubs are going to die because now if they have these inflated payrolls, they can't afford to borrow money to, to fill the gap between uh, expenses and revenues. They just can't afford to do it now because suddenly it's going to cost them 5% instead of nothing. Grant, you're right there. That, that, that finance thing is right. We've saw it a million times. And, you know, Barcelona is the best example of that. And this week they probably right. saw, you know, like, and if they don't get through that group, you know, so much for the economic levers, Laporte, you know, good luck with that. Um, uh, what, the, what my point is just more about product market fit. The, the, the kids, even if it was in line, um, 
I, I just don't think there's there's a big enough interest to be supporting Wigan. No, one, I, I, one I agree. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying one point is mutually exclusive to the other. I'm saying this this is this is this fourth turning. We've run into both these buzzwords at the same time. We've run into that's right a, a, that's an right. audience that don't want what you've got to sell and the inability to fund yourself in the short term while you figure perfect it out. Perfect storm, a yeah. perfect storm, mate. And you know the thing about rugby, which. Um, as I said, in two or three months ago, I really like rugby because it has got brand values that I think football doesn't have and could be really done something with as unique brand values. You know, where's CVC yeah, this week? Very good where, point. where is CVC? You know, well, um, when's their when's their listing, Rog? When's their listing? Their listing is soon, which yeah, maybe so, is so one, one of the reasons. They're probably blacked out from talking about stuff ahead of the ahead of the. The listing right. maybe okay. I'm not sure how close it is to be honest with you so I don't I don't know there may be they're back to but they have been conspicuous by their absence in this you would have thought that they'd be somewhere or, so, or even journalists would have been asking them so I suspect the very fact that we haven't had a comment from anybody there suggests to me that there there's a blackout ahead of ahead of their listing I, I don't know well they are notoriously secretive you know blackout yes. or non-blackout yeah, we haven't had anybody from CVC we've had Nast Nick Clary to come on because we you know when we were talking about Julian Brigden and all that whole episode there yeah. with John Wall Street you know we believe the PE model is significantly under stress from a pure macrofinance point of view um, we didn't get any reply there either um, I, I tend to think and I know you well, I think you'll agree with me when private equity companies go for a listing, that's normally a great sign of a top. Top, yeah, yeah, it's, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, so um, I, listen, I don't want to go any more about all oh, what's going to happen macro-wise. Been around for a couple of weeks and spoken to various people that new people that look at things in different ways, and some people are very dramatic about what's going to happen when interest rates hit the mortgage market and everything like that. But let's not go into that. I want I want to end with um, something that is on this Tuesday. This, it'll have happened by the time this goes out. I saw it. Rob Burrow, um, he's got a documentary coming out, um, Living with MND, which is motor neuron disease. Rob Burrow is um, a rugby league player. Actually, given that he's only five foot five, um, has had an amazing career, um, smallest player in the Super League, one of the most successful players in the competition's history, winning eight Super League championships, two Challenge Clubs, Cubs named in the Super League Dream Team on three three occasions. This guy's a serious, serious player. There's this documentary coming out that shows um, what's happened. Motor neuron disease doesn't get as much coverage as it should. You know, there's all of us can remember a lot of people that have gone down that way. Uh, I think uh, Doddy Weir is on that track, the rugby player. No, Jimmy Johnson died from yep, that, the, yep. the greatest ever Celtic player. Motor neuron disease basically gets you such that you don't even have the effort and the energy to take a breath. And it is a horrible disease. And I saw the trailer for this show that's on um, this Tuesday, Tuesday the 18th, living with MND. And all I would say is um, bring your hankies because this looks utterly devastating, overwhelmingly emotional. So um, Rob Burrow, um, best of luck, mate. Well, it's... Uh... It's a, a poignant way to wrap up another goal on goal, Rog. I have to say, as always, it's been um, it's been uh, a hell of a fun time talking to you this last hour. We've gone along this time, over an hour this time, Rog. Um, yeah, and we cut it short. I've got a yeah. lot of other stuff, but you just uh, can't cover it. Look, as always, there's, there's the, the, the beauty of this wonderful world of sport is that there's always something to talk about. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you and I could do one yeah. of these, you could do, you and I could do two of these a week probably and never get bored of doing them. Yeah. Um, yeah, But exactly. listen, my, my thanks to you for, for this time. My thanks to you out there for listening Thank to you. us. We really Getting appreciate everyone here doing this we uh, we enjoy them but uh, it wouldn't be fun if, if you weren't out there listening so thank you for joining us for these for these hours and, and all the Are You Not Entertained podcasts if you don't follow us on Twitter you can do that very easily you'll find us at Entertained R that's the word A-R-E you'll find me at T-T-M-Y-G-H and you'll find myself at RPM Como as in the lake as in the lake Rog until next time my friend thanks Grant take care bye bye 